This is Howard Anderson, news editor at Information Security Media Group. Today we're going to discuss the recent increase in class action lawsuits filed in the wake of major healthcare information breaches and the potential long-term impact of these suits. We have with us a panel of attorneys with expertise in information security and regulatory compliance issues. Joining us today is Robert Belfort, partner at Manat, Phelps & Phillips, and a HIPAA compliance expert. Also with us is Adam Green, partner at the law firm Davis Wright Tremaine, and formerly an official at the HHS Office for Civil Rights, which enforces HIPAA. Also on our panel is Devin McGraw, director of the Health Privacy Project at the Center for Democracy and Technology. Devin is co-chair of the Privacy and Security Tiger Team that advises federal regulators. Thanks so very much for joining us, everybody. Thank, Thank you. you, Howard. Thanks, Howard. Class action lawsuits have been filed as a result of a number of recent breaches. Why do you think we're seeing a rise in the filing of these suits? And what are they trying to accomplish? Adam, why don't you start? Certainly, Howard. So I think it's important to keep in mind that just a few years ago, if a healthcare provider or plan lost a laptop and there was no reason to believe the information was the basis for the theft, it just got swept under the rug. But state breach notification laws, and more recently the HIPAA breach notification law, have really changed that and placed these breaches on the front page of the news. Add to this statutory provisions, such as in California, with so-called nominal fees of $1,000 per individual, and you suddenly get a feeding frenzy of million to billion dollar class action lawsuits. And I don't think the um, reason for these lawsuits is mysterious. They want to get money out of it, and a lot. Anyone else want to chime in here on this first question? Well, I, I agree with Adam. Uh, I think that um, the reason that the number of lawsuits has proliferated is is that a, a lot more of these incidents are becoming known to class action lawyers, and there's now a website where you get at HHS where you can just find a list of them, which makes it really easy to target cases. I, I think the other point that is that is really critical is something that Adam mentioned on the penalties. There have been class action lawsuits in the past on privacy breaches that predated the breach notification requirements, but they have faced an uphill battle in the courts in part because of the difficulty in proving actual damages. In most of these cases, there's no evidence that any information that may have been involved in a breach was actually misused in a way that harmed consumers, and consumers or class action lawyers have had a hard time showing damages that would result in a recovery, and so I think the defendants in those cases have been relatively successful in, in containing the lawsuits. But once you get cases being brought under laws where there are statutory penalties that can be applied even in the absence of evidence of actual damages, and you get a breach with enough people to make those statutory penalties start to add up to millions of dollars, that starts to become a real target for class action lawyers and puts plaintiffs in a much stronger position to pursue these cases and potentially leverage settlements. Do you anticipate we'll see settlements of any of the pending cases this year or that any will make it to trial? What do you think, Bob? I think a lot of it has to do with the state that the case is brought in and, uh, and as I said before, what the potential remedies are. If there are statutory penalties that are applicable even in the absence of actual damages, I really think that strengthens the uh, the plaintiff's hand, and I think it is likely that we will see settlements in those kinds of cases because the difficulty of demonstrating damages won't necessarily be an obstacle. 
in in places where that remedy doesn't exist, I would expect defendants to be more likely to dig in, although the publicity and you know other negative aspects of protracted litigation may have an impact there as well. So those statutory penalties you talk about, just to make sure I understand that, is that primarily California or is that in a number of states? California is the major state that has that kind of uh, remedy that I'm familiar with. Devin, from a privacy advocate's perspective, what's the value, if any, of these lawsuits, do you think? Well, you know, the discussion so far has really focused on the financial motivation for these lawsuits, and I'm certainly not denying um, that it exists. But uh, private lawsuits can play a really important role in enforcing privacy rules and privacy rights. Uh, for patients, you know, there are always limited resources available for enforcement by regulators and strengthening the hand of consumers in holding entities accountable for complying with basic security provisions, uh, I, I think is really important. And so one of the ways that these suits can be important is in driving companies to do a better job at preventing data from being breached in the first place, both under the the new HIPAA breach notification rules and also in a number of state laws, uh, California in particular, there are strong incentives to encrypt data because if you do so, unless your encryption is faulty, you won't uh, be considered to have breached the data. And yet, notwithstanding the existence of, of what you might call a safe harbor for encrypting data, the healthcare industry seems to be quite reluctant to do so. And the greater the stakes on breach, including the prospect of suits by individuals, perhaps the greater incentive to actually adopt measures uh, that will prevent breach in the first place. So, Bob, do you think these lawsuits already might be having an impact on covered entities' decisions about whether breach notification is required? I think they're starting to. I mean, I, I think part of the reason that the lawsuits are important from the standpoint of affecting behavior, as, as Devin was suggesting, is that Honestly, in the past, the threat of penalties, uh, governmental penalties under HIPAA was not a major driver because penalties had been imposed in so few cases. So I think in, in the allocation of resources toward compliance within a large healthcare organization, the resources are likely to flow to those areas where the organization deems to be the highest level of risk and in the past, that has been more on the uh, billing side or the uh, hospital-physician relationship side where there's been active government enforcement and very significant penalties under the False Claims Act or, or other statutes. And in comparison, on the privacy side, there were very few penalties. And unless you were engaged in criminal conduct, I think there was a sense that the, the financial risk was limited. And so it's only natural, I think, for resources to be diverted toward areas of greater risk. If, if privacy starts to emerge as an area where the compliance risk has a bigger dollar figure associated with it, then I, I think it's inevitable that more resources will flow toward compliance in that area. What do you think, Adam? Do you agree with that? Yes, I, I think... There was definitely a lot of criticism of past enforcement efforts as being insufficient to really drive behavioral changes. And I think the first big change to that was notification laws creating reputational harm um, and a more certain degree of reputational harm. And I, now I think the class action lawsuits are adding to that. 
I see a hospital system being hard-pressed to look at their neighbor getting hit with a multi-million dollar, even billion dollar class action lawsuit and not think twice about their own security in the wake of that. I think this also does bear out with respect to um, the decision regarding whether to do breach notification and more importantly, how to do breach notification. I think more and more um, there's recognition that when there is a breach, we have to look at whether breach notification is required and if it is, it, it needs to involve all aspects of the organization from the legal team to PR to look at it from both a reputational standpoint and also what kind of an impact might this have with respect to the potential for a class action suit. How might the outcomes of these cases influence healthcare information security policies and procedures, do you think? For example, HIPAA doesn't explicitly mandate the use of encryption, but if a court concluded that encrypting data stored on backup tapes transported off-site for storage is a reasonable precaution that should be taken, would that decision uh, uh, have a major impact on others then, perhaps? Well, I, I think that there are areas where encryption doesn't really impose any operational barrier or, or have any negative operational impact on organizations. So your example of backup tapes is, is a good example there. It's, there just doesn't seem to be any reason why backup tapes wouldn't be encrypted. You know, I understand that in, in certain settings, encryption can slow down system performance, and there's a trade-off to be made there. But in, in certain areas like, like backup tapes or on portable media, there just doesn't seem to be any rationale for not encrypting. And I would expect that if these cases start settling or judgments are entered for significant amounts, that it will push the industry to do the easy things that it really should be doing already. Um, the other thing that I think it will have an impact on, and it, it gets back to something I think Adam was suggesting before, is in terms of whether to make breach notification, my sense from discussing these cases with, with clients is that in the past, there has been a real tendency toward, if in doubt, notifying uh, affected individuals, in part because the fear was that uh, the sanctions would be applied if you were supposed to notify and you didn't, but if you did notify, you weren't going to be penalized. And so in close cases, why not just notify and, and mitigate your risk? But if it turns out to be the case that the, the risk of notification is a lot higher than it used to be, then I think that calculus starts to change. Now in the cases where it's obvious that there's a breach, I don't think responsible organizations will avoid their obligations, but there are a lot of gray areas and a lot of cases that I get called about where I think reasonable people could differ about whether the, the standard of breach as it's currently defined was met. And so I would expect that if some of these cases result in significant recoveries that it could affect the, the decisions by organizations in those close cases about whether to notify. I would also add that any court precedent on one of these class actions could certainly impact industry, but I frankly think that's dwarfed by just the occurrence of these suits themselves. I think a lot of them may be settled, um, and if they're not settled, the precedent may be of limited nature versus just the fact that you have the exposure of these huge lawsuits, these huge cl class action lawsuits, is itself, I think, more of a driver than potential precedent on using technologies such as encryption. 
And, and I would just add in response to the, the thread of the discussion that, that I think both Adam and Bob raised about the prospect of entities taking a closer look at each breach and determining uh, whether or not notification is required and maybe the the existence of these suits providing a thumb on the scale of, of not notifying in a closer call. I, I think that's likely to happen. Uh, and I think it just underscores the need for uh, the government, the Office of Civil Rights, to issue the final rules clarifying just what is the standard for notification. Um, you know, today we're operating under the interim final rule, which says that you are to notify uh, if, if there is a significant risk of harm to individuals due to the breach and that there's a degree of subjectivity in that decision um, for which there hasn't been a lot of guidance from the regulators about how they're going to interpret that, that um, I think Bob is right, has to date resulted in the default being, uh, if in doubt, then notified. But if that equation is going to be changed by the increase in, in class action lawsuits, then I think, again, it just underscores the need for uh, regulators to provide guidance on this standard, assuming that it's going to uh, remain in the rule on how uh, that judgment gets determined and how it's going to be uh, adjudicated by regulators if, in fact, um, there's a question down the road as to whether the judgment made was the accurate one. And I'll just add to that. I, I think a lot of the industry is looking for some more objective assistance with respect to the difficult decisions of breach notification. But I think it's also worth looking at California where you have, I think for many in the healthcare industry, what they consider to be the worst case scenario, which is you could potentially have a lost laptop or lost device that could be based on the contents of the information itself it could be the circumstances surrounding the recovery of the information. But at the end of the day, there's no real risk of actual harm to any individuals. And yet we have nominal damages of $1,000, even in the absence of a proof of harm, and multi-million dollar, sometimes billion dollar lawsuits happening. So I think there's a big fear that you're going to have all these no harm breaches that lead to front page headlines and um, terrible class action lawsuits that ultimately just take away from the ability of the hospitals and other healthcare providers to serve their patients best. Well, and I, and I would just add that, again, the California breach notification statute offers a, uh, a ready escape valve <laughs> in the form of encryption that, that the healthcare industry, including the actors in California, just do not seem to be taking advantage of. I think it really raises some bigger questions about why that is, um, particularly since most of the breaches, um, at least based on the, the uh, notifications that we um, are aware of, are based on lost or stolen media that can more easily be encrypted and for which issues of timely access um, are less pertinent. It just, it just boggles the mind why the healthcare industry in particular has been so reluctant to adopt uh, encryption technology. So what if an organization that experienced a breach had to pay a multi-million dollar uh, penalty of some sort as a result of a successful class action suit? What would be the general impact of that, do you think? Well, I think the impact has already begun, even without the penalties. I, I think these class actions are pushing towards greater levels of encryption, for example. Um, I think Devin's point is well taken that the industry still seems 
woefully behind with respect to their encryption efforts. And when you look at what the potential downside is for not encrypting versus the lowering costs of encryption technology, um, it's becoming harder and harder to understand why some of this media is not encrypted. But I think people are not necessarily waiting around for the multi-million dollar penalty to come. I think people are already taking notice of what's happening out there with respect to these suits. Yeah, I think it's happening, although like most things in healthcare, it happens more slowly than we might like. I mean, in addition to the protection under the California law, there's protection under HIPAA as well, since encrypted information, you know, by definition can't be the subject of a breach if, if encryption is in accordance with HHS standards. So I think that over time, certainly for portable media and backup tapes and the things that are, are obvious, that we will get to a point where it's rare to see that information stored in unencrypted form. Okay, finally, could everyone summarize uh, their thoughts about how class action lawsuits might affect healthcare breach prevention efforts in general? Uh, Adam, why don't you kick that off? When you look at the best case scenario, we have a um, client in the Pacific Northwest who had a 2005 breach, and there was a class action brought, and they managed to get it dismissed at the trial court based on the lack of damages, the lack of harm. It got appealed, dismissed again, and it's before the state Supreme Court at this time. So arguably that's the best case scenario with respect to this and look at how much money is being spent there um, and how much reputational harm is occurring. So even in the best case scenarios, these really do push for strong breach prevention efforts up front to try to avoid the fairly tough best-case scenario here. So I think this is having an effect on industry. I think at first it was the risk of penalties under HIPAA, and then people got complacent, and then reputational harm under breach notification. And I think class actions have really become the boogeyman that's leading healthcare organizations to rethink security safeguards to stay off those front pages and stay out of the class actions. Final thoughts, Devin? If, in fact, the class action suits are the, are the boogeyman that, that finally get the industry to start robustly adopting uh, encryption, at, at least for the portable media, then there will be an important policy goal that will be achieved, albeit um, at, at a very high cost. But ultimately, from the consumer standpoint, our goal is, is to ideally prevent these breaches from happening in the first place to the extent that you can. And you'll never, never have 100% prevention, but we certainly can do better uh, than we have been. And if the class actions are the catalyst for helping us get there, uh, then, then so be it. Of course, if we do end up with greater encryption, then of course, ideally, there won't be quite as many of these and the class action activity uh, you would think would slow down. I think part of what may have happened is that the HIPAA privacy and security rules, or the security rule in particular, made encryption an addressable standard, which means that it's not necessarily required if you can come up with a a reason why it was infeasible to encrypt and you considered alternative safeguards. In retrospect, that may not have been good for the industry, and I think What's likely to happen is, and, and what I think has started to happen already, is that notwithstanding that encryption is an addressable standard in the rule, it's going to essentially become a required standard, and 
it will be viewed internally within healthcare organizations as an absolute ironclad requirement of HIPAA compliance um, and that that message will be coming down from people at a higher level within these organizations. Well, thank you all very much. We've been talking today with Robert Belfort, Adam Green, and Devin McGraw. This is Howard Anderson. Thanks so very much for listening.